What a wonderful, wonderful group of fine, fine people that we are here celebrating tonight. Amen. You can all be seated. We want to thank you for being here tonight with us as we celebrate five wonderful, wonderful young adults. Is that okay now? You feel good about that? Taking on the, the world. Amen. And I know that each and every one of you are going to do just that. You're each so special to this church, to your families, to your friends. And I know that the hand of the Lord is upon each and every one of you. We are going to be reading tonight a little bit about each and every one of them. And this is probably the first time in quite some time that I have known each and every one of these graduates since they were itty bitty. <laughs> Brother Morgan, I, he, was, he was not here at Greater Life Church with us, but we have been family friends for a very long time. And I have known each and every one of them. And I can tell you how proud I am of them tonight. Amen. For all of their accomplishments and for making it this far. And to see nothing but brighter days ahead. Amen. First tonight, we're going to talk about Sister Caitlin Baker. Yeah. She is graduating cum laude from Clear Springs High School. And she plans to go to San Jacinto Community College and receive her associate's degree in psychology. After completing her associate, she plans to pursue her master's or doctorate in psychology. She has served in her church with a passion for kids ministry and music ministry. And outside of high school, Caitlin is most excited to not wake up at 5 a.m. every morning. Before we get to our next graduate, we have a word from her sponsors. Hey Alexa, I hear that you're graduating and that you come to see us every single day. Congratulations on graduating. Uh, don't stop coming to see us. We are so excited for you, the class of 21. You are truly one of our VIPs. And we have a few little treats just for you. And um, like Lauren said, she gets to see you every single day. And we don't want you to stop coming just because you graduated. So congratulations and have a great time. She has done her part in saving the cattle. <laughs> and visiting Chick-fil-A each and every day. Alexa is graduating from Lighthouse Academy. According to her dad, can we say this out loud tonight? According to her dad, Alexa is for sure the golden child. <laughs> she is not quite sure, however. Alexa is passionate about music and she uses her talents in worship here at Greater Life Church. And following graduation, she is planning to participate in a veterinarian internship, and she also plans to pursue music and attend college. Regarding life after high school, she was most excited about being done. <laughs> Should we tell her?
Brother Morgan. Brother Morgan Gresset. He is graduating from Apostolic Christian Academy. And although his school doesn't offer graduate honors, he is graduating with all A's. He plans to get his process technology certificate and work as a plant operator. In his spare time, Morgan loves to play pool. And regarding life after high school, he is excited about no more school. That's pretty awesome. Brother Cade Hodges. I think he pulls that orange off better than anybody I've ever seen. He looks awesome. Brother Cade Hodges is the youngest of three kids and graduating from Alvin High School. Cade has played football for four years and participated in track, cross country, and soccer. He gives most of his credit for who he is today for his wonderful mother. He also won first place in regional powerlifting and won third place in Texas State Championship for powerlifting. He has been in JROTC for four years, and he holds the title of second lieutenant. Cade has enlisted in the United States Army for six years for a nurse practitioner position following graduation. Yes, that's worthy of a great ovation. Amen. We are so, so very proud of him and our prayers are going to be with him. And he leaves very quickly to just jump right in and we're excited for his next adventure. And then finally tonight we have reached Lexus Long. I know her just a little bit. And I've known her longer than any of them. Lexis, she is a homeschool graduate and has been homeschooled for all of her 12 years of school. She has been involved in Christian theater and many ministries at Greater Life Church. Some of her Christian theater fam is here tonight. She has participated in iKids, youth ministry, and music ministry. And Lexis will be attending Indiana Bible College in August. And majoring in worship studies. She's got some IBC fam here too. He may be a little more than that, but she is most excited about experiencing all the ministry opportunities at IBC. Amen. And I am so thankful for each and every one of these young people. I know that we could pass the microphone around tonight and let each of you Pour your heart and your love out on them and tell them how much they mean to you and all that they are going to accomplish. But I can honestly say tonight, without a doubt, that these five young people that are up here, these young adults, have the hand of God upon their life. Amen. They are all very much involved in the work of God. They all have a heart for ministry and the things of God. And I am so godly proud of them. And I know that their future is bright and they're, though they're going all over the place and doing all kinds of different things, amen, that God is going to go with them every step. I love each and every one of you. I believe in you. You've got a church family here that loves you and believes in you and is supporting you every step of the way. Amen. And we could not be more proud. Amen. 
at this time, I think we have a special presentation to go ahead and play for you. I just met you Seems like yesterday You opened up your eyes And I recognized your face You know that you're the one That we've been waiting for We're gonna keep you safe First time I held you in my arms I knew I'd love you all the way I took you in at night Another day has passed Every week goes by a little faster than the last It wasn't so long ago We walked together and you held my hand But now you're getting too big to want to But I hope you'll always understand That I'm always gonna lift you up And I'm never gonna let you down No matter what you do I'm forever proud of you I love you forever now I hear it Through your eyes I see A world full of magic Full of possibilities You know as well as anybody How tough this life can be But you've got so much strength inside you A strength I pray you'll never need And I'm always gonna Down. Time flies by. Hope you realize that I love you forever now. I'm always gonna be right here. Always gonna cheer you up. I'm always gonna have you back. You're never gonna be.
I hope you smile and know that through the good and through the bad, I was on your side when nobody could hold us down. We claimed the brightest star, and we we came so far.
great is his faithfulness. Such a beautiful song and such anointed singing here tonight. Anointed and talented. I am so, so proud of these graduates right here. And I've been just thinking about you guys all week and just, you know, my heart's torn. Because <laughs> you guys are such an awesome group of young people. I think, you know, maybe the greatest group of graduates that since I've been youth pastor. And it's been such a privilege to serve you guys and to see you guys grow in God and see you guys used. And it breaks my heart tonight that I get to be up here and I get to speak to you guys one last time as your youth pastor. And you guys are going to leave. You guys are going to forget about me. And <laughs> and you're just going to do great things. And I'm so, so excited about that. I really am. I really am. There is no limit graduates, to what God can do through you. If you put your heart, all your heart in him and put your trust in him, he's going to do great and mighty things through you guys. I had a completely different message lined up for tonight, and God decided to change my plans in the middle of the week. I was just reading uh, my devotional, just reading through the Bible, and, and a verse popped up, and, and it just it struck me. And I'm not even going to read the verse tonight, but I started studying about this particular topic, and I want to speak to you guys tonight. I hope it's not long. I hope it's not too heavy, but I do feel a burden tonight. I really do. I, I guess it's just because this is my last time to speak to you guys, but I, I truly feel a burden tonight. I'm going to be speaking tonight on God's only request. God's only request. I learned a new term a couple months ago from a book I was reading, and the term is a liminal space. Now, a liminal space is an area that serves as a transition from one room to the next. For example, a hallway is a liminal space. Most homes, you have a little space there by the front door where you take off your shoes. You're not meant to stay there. It just helps you transition from the front door to the living room, to the dining room, to your room, wherever you're going. Even right here, this, just this doorway right here is a liminal space. Right there that leads from the prayer room into the sanctuary. That is a liminal space. The only purpose they serve is to get you from one place to the next. Liminal spaces are transitions. And tonight you are standing in a liminal space as well. It's not a physical liminal space. It's not the threshold from one room to the next. It's not a school hallway. But right now you are in a liminal space between childhood and adulthood, between high school between college and career, between dependence and independence, being carefree and then having that yoke called responsibility put on you. Liminal spaces are both momentous and they are unsettling. You feel the excitement of the room that you are about to enter, but just like a long, empty hallway with those buzzing fluorescent lights can make you feel a little unsettled and it has that eerie feeling. 
You know, probably you've probably experienced these, these few weeks leading up to graduation. You too have felt unsettled. You felt uncertain. But it's okay to feel that way. It's just a liminal space. You're not supposed to stay there. Very, very soon, maybe by the end of tonight, you're going to exit that liminal space and you're going to enter into that room and you're going to feel comfortable. You're going to feel excited again. You're going to be able to relax and and you're going to be excited about that life after graduation. And, And life after graduation really is amazing and exciting. And you should be excited tonight. But before we enter that room, I want to talk to you guys a few minutes about another liminal space, a transition that we find in scripture. I want to direct our attention to a momentous scene in the story of the Israelite people. The scene is not a few verses. It's not a few chapters. It's an entire book in length, and it's found in the book of Deuteronomy. And it is a momentous scene indeed. Israel is on the bank of the Jordan River. On the side that they're currently standing on is wilderness. And on the other side is that beautiful, lush, promised land, that land flowing with milk and honey. They are both eager and nervous, excited and restless about entering that next phase of their life, just like you are tonight. But before they pack their things and cross that Jordan River to that exciting promise, an old man gets up and begins to speak. His name is Moses. Many years ago, Moses was called by God to lead the Israelite nation out of Egypt where they were shackled and enslaved by the Egyptians. But through demonstrations of God's awesome and glorious power and through miracle after miracle, Israel was delivered up out of Egypt and God brought them to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. And there at Mount Sinai, God makes an agreement with the Israelites. It's an agreement that we call a covenant. In summary, this is what God's bargain with the Israelites stated. Israel, if you love me and obey me and keep these commandments I'm giving you today, I will, you will be my people and I will be your God and you will be blessed beyond measure. But that generation of Israelites did not love God and obey his commandments. Moses watched that generation, his generation, die one by one in the wilderness, never making it to the place God had promised them. Moses himself, he had a moment of weakness, and God revealed to him that he wouldn't even enter that promised land. And so you have to imagine as Moses stands up and begins to address the people Moses is there with heavy of heart, knowing as well that his time to die was imminent, for God had revealed that to them. And and Moses looks at that next generation of Israelites, those who would enter that promised land, and you got to think that there was a burden that came upon his heart. He knew that it was his last chance to preach and his last chance to prophesy to the people to convince them of God's great faithfulness and love, to instruct them to love, serve, and obey him. And just like he delivered that law to the previous generation at Mount Sinai, Moses stands up and he begins to speak to this generation about the commandments of God. 
after describing what they needed to do to show their love for God, he told them the results of living for him. You will be blessed in the city. You will be blessed in the country. Blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. And I tell you tonight that when you decide to live for God, you will be blessed in the city. You will be blessed in the country. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. Living for God truly is the best life and it is the blessed life. I don't care what's out there in this world. It's all right here. This is the best life. But as Moses details commandment after commandment, we have to put ourselves in the shoes of the Israelites. They must have seemed overwhelmed because Moses has just listed not one, not two, not three commandments, but 613 commandments. And all these commandments, the Israelites had to remember those and obey every single one of those commandments in order to receive that blessing. That's a lot of commandments. That's a lot of commandments to remember and to follow. And, and I'm putting myself in the Israelites' shoes. It must seem overwhelming and maybe even impossible. And although you may think it's overwhelming and impossible to live for God, Moses says otherwise. He says in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 11, For this commandment I give you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. And I tell you tonight, living for God is not too difficult to do. And it is not beyond your reach. You can absolutely 100% live for God and serve him faithfully. It's going to be difficult at times. And you're going to find that out after tonight. But if you put your trust in him, you put your heart all in him. He's going to keep you. He's going to help you. And you can do it. It is not too hard for you. Hallelujah. I tell you, it is easy to get lost in the details for living for God. You may not understand why. You may not understand everything about God or his word. You may not fully understand why God gives certain commands or why pastor lays out certain regulations or restrictions. But all of this is not too hard for you if you understand just one thing. Just one thing. That all 613 commandments can be summarized like this. And I read from Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love, love the Lord your God with all your heart all your soul, and with all your might. This commandment right here is what Jesus calls the most important commandment. And there's some amazing things that are outlined here. First of all, that God is only one. Hallelujah. Can an apostolic testify to that? It's not some trinity. It's not God and Allah. It's not God and your boyfriend, God and your girlfriend. It's God and Him alone. You're only to love Him and to worship Him and to serve Him alone. 
He is the one, the only, and he is exclusively your God. And you are to love him, not with 50% of your heart, not 75% of your heart, not 90% of your heart, not even 99.9999% of your heart, but 100% of your heart, all your heart. You are to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of it. And I'm going to tell you tonight that God responds in a powerful way when we involve all of our heart. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 through 6 says this, trust in the Lord with some of your heart, all of your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. When you involve all of your heart for living for God, he's going to direct you, he's going to lead you, he's going to be with you, he's going to hold your hand, and he's going to take you into your promised land. <laughs> Psalm 119, 10 through 11 says this, With all my heart, I have sought you. Do not let me stray from your commandments. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. When you involve all of your heart, there's keeping power. When you respond to God with all your heart, he'll keep you from sin, from temptation. He will deliver you from those things. And then Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 13 says this. You will seek me and you will find me. Woo! Man, how many of you guys are glad that you found the Lord? When you search for him with all of your heart, all of your heart, when you search and seek for God with all of your heart, there's a revelation power. You'll get an understanding of how awesome and how glorious and how great his faithfulness is. When you seek for him with all of your heart, oh, if you can just seek him and serve him, And love him with all of your heart. God is going to respond. He just can't help it. He sees you searching and seeking. You're like, God, here's my heart. And he can't help but say, there's my kid. I've got to respond. I've got to do something. I've got to come in. I've got to rescue them. I've got to reveal myself to them. That's what God does. When you seek him and love him with all your heart. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, man. (laughs) Moses tells Israel again and again throughout the book of Deuteronomy. If you love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, he's going to bless you. He's going to fight for you. He's going to restore you and redeem you. It's the main theme of the book of Deuteronomy. Love God. With all of your heart. All of your heart. It's a simple request. And although Moses lists 613 commandments to follow, they are also summarized so concisely by Moses. In Deuteronomy 10 and 12, says this, And now, O Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God by walking in all of his ways? To love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And just like that was God's only request to the Israelites, 
tonight, God's only request to you is to love him with all of your heart. Oh, it's so mind-blowingly simple. But it's also so deceptively easy. Oh, all God asks for is your heart. And perhaps it would be easy. Except for this. That there are other voices asking for the same thing. Your heart. There are other voices and other gods asking for your heart. Money. A career. Romance. Entertainment. Education. All these things are asking for a foothold in your heart. And they don't even care if they get all of it. They don't even care. They just need a little. They just need a piece of it. They are absolutely okay with just some of it. If you still sit in a pew week after week and get a divine touch week after week, but you still let those things have control of your heart week after week, then the enemy has achieved his objective. The devil is content with you guys being lukewarm in your faith. He's content with you being a bench warmer. He's content with you being loose in your living for God. But if he can make you love God with only some of your heart, he has beaten you. These things that are asking for your heart, they're not even necessarily bad. Money is not a bad thing. A career and education, they're not bad things. Romance isn't a bad thing. But if they steal your heart away from God, they will destroy you. You need to enjoy those things. Enjoy romance. Enjoy finding that perfect person. Enjoy getting a job and having a career and making money. But let me tell you guys, do not let those things get a hold of your heart. Don't let them. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Oh, if I had known the secret. Oh, of loving God with all of my heart. I would have avoided so many struggles and so many heartaches. If I had loved God with all my heart, I would not have struggled so much with sin and so much worldliness. I I, I wouldn't have struggled with so much unforgiveness. Oh, but because I did not love God with all my heart, Instead of finding goodness and mercy following me, I found hardship. And if I would have read the book of Deuteronomy, I would have known why. I would have known this. Moses tells Israel plainly that loving God with all your heart results in blessing and doing otherwise results in curses. And as we return to the scene of Moses standing there before the Israelites... We see Moses desperately pleading with Israel, reminding them of God's promises and imploring them to love God with all their heart. And I know I'm not Moses. I'm definitely not as old as Moses. (laughs) But I stand here tonight and I plead with you guys and I implore you guys, love God with all 
all of your heart. And you're going to find blessing when you do that. Oh. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Moses recites blessing in life and contrasts it with cursing and death. He says this in Deuteronomy 30 and 19. I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. But Moses doesn't leave it there. He says, choose life. Choose life because the Lord your God is your life. Is your life. So I am telling you guys tonight, you guys are in a liminal space. You walk out of this place tonight and you become your own person and you're going to make your own decisions. And just like God has used Moses to set life and death, blessing and cursing before the Israelites, he's setting those things before you tonight too. Choose life. Choose the Lord your God. You're going to be blessed. Choose life. I plead with you guys. Choose life. Oh, hallelujah. Moses relentlessly pleads with Israel, though his life and energy are quickly waning. He implores them not to be like their fathers, but to follow God single-heartedly. But he knows that Israel will not do what God asks, for they are double-hearted. Their hearts are not fully God's. Oh, Egypt, Egypt, that place that God has delivered them from, is still in their hearts. And when they cross over Canaan, over the Jordan River to Canaan, Canaan's going to find a foothold in their hearts. The Bible says that he who is double-minded is unstable in all his ways. Unstable. Can't keep his balance. But I'm going to say tonight that when you're double-hearted, you're not only unstable, but you're going to fall. You have to be single-hearted. Single-hearted with your heart only fixed on him. As Moses looks on the Israelites... He knows that they're double-hearted and that they will be unstable and that they will fall. And as Moses preaches, his heart aches, knowing that they will indeed fall and be destroyed and scattered because they are simply double-hearted. Don't let half of your heart belong to some other God. Don't let it belong to some career, to some girl, some guy, some job, some show, some sin. It's not worth it. The promised land is too amazing and too sweet to let it slip from your grasp. And our God is too wonderful, too faithful for you to turn his back, turn your back on him. Let God make you single hearted so that you can love him with all of it. And as Moses grieves to the people, God reveals to Moses a cure even though that they are double-hearted and they will go and they will fall and they will be scattered and they will be destroyed, God speaks to Moses and he reveals a cure for that double-heartedness that is plaguing Israel. It's a promise of restoration. And Moses prophesies in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 1 through 6. I'm going to read it real quick. When all these things come upon you, 
The blessings and curses I have set before you, and you call them to mind in all the nations to which the Lord your God has banished you. And when you and your children return to the Lord your God and obey his voice with all your heart and all your soul, according to everything I'm giving you today, then he will restore you. He will restore you from captivity and have compassion on you and gather you from the nations to which the Lord your God has scattered you. Even if you have been banished to the farthest horizon, he will gather you and return you from there. And the Lord your God will bring you into the land your fathers possessed and you will take possession of it. He will cause you to prosper and multiply more than your fathers. The Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants and you will love him with all of your heart and with all of your soul so that you may live. God promises this promise of restoration, not just bringing the Jews back to the Holy Land, not just bring them back to the land flowing with milk and honey. He promises them a change of heart, a complete transformation that happens on the inside. God's going to remove that excess flesh of the heart that belongs to the world, and he will completely cure Israel of their double-heartedness. On that day of restoration, it's not yet happened. It's someday in the future. We look forward to it when God returns. But Israel will no longer have that heart split between two things. They will fully belong to God. This promise is the central theme of the entire Bible and can be found throughout the prophets. Again and again, God promises to take those who are double-hearted and make them single-hearted. This transformation of the heart is what the prophet Jeremiah calls a new covenant. But the prophet Ezekiel describes in detail what that new covenant is. I'm reading from Ezekiel 11 verses 19 through 20. And I will give them singleness, one heart, singleness of heart and put a new spirit within them. I will remove their heart of stone and put a new spirit within you. I will remove. Oh, yes. Uh, They will follow my statutes, keep my ordinances, and practice them. Then they will be my people, and I will be their God. The singleness of heart is found when God puts a new spirit in us. And if there's any doubt, if there's any doubt what that new spirit is, I, I take you to Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 through 27. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit, my spirit within you. Oh, if you want to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with a singleness of heart, let that Holy Spirit that you've received start, start moving inside of you. Let him start working upon you. Let him start moving. How fitting it is that on this Pentecost Sunday, we get to talk about what the Holy Ghost does for us. It removes your stony heart. It puts a new heart of flesh inside of you. Oh, it takes those excess things that belong to the world. And it makes your heart single. It makes your heart totally devoted to God. Don't say no to the Spirit of God. Say yes to the Spirit of God. Say, God, put a new heart inside of me. Put a new spirit inside of me.
God, I want to love you with all my heart. I want to love you with everything inside of me. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. The cure to double-heartedness is the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost. If you want to love God with all your heart, just let that spirit overwhelm you. Let it overtake you. Let, just live a life like Romans 8 says. If you walk after the spirit, you will not fulfill the deeds of the flesh. And those who are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters of God. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. It was on a Pentecost Sunday that the Israelites received the Ten Commandments. It was Pentecost. That's what Pentecost is originally all about, is the law and the Ten Commandments. And it was designed to teach them how to love God with all their heart. And it was on a Pentecost Sunday, many years after that, that God decided to no longer write the law on tables of stone. He decided to write it upon our hearts. The Holy Spirit taught Peter, James, John, Mary, Paul how to love God with all their heart. And since you have received the Holy Ghost, you too can love him with all of your heart. Oh, hallelujah, Lord, let your spirit ride upon our hearts. Take out the stony heart, but God, give us hearts of flesh so you can write your word upon us, Lord. Take away every single love for this world, for the things of this world. And God, put a singleness of heart within me. Oh, hallelujah, young people. Let him have all of your heart. <laughs> all of your heart. And you're going to be blessed. You're going to prosper in everything you do. Just give God all of your heart. Let his Holy Spirit write upon your heart. Moses stood up after he went over all these things. And he turns to the Israelites. And he turns to Joshua. And he says this. Be strong. And be courageous. For you're going to take the land that God has promised you. And don't worry. I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. That is what Moses says. And I encourage you guys tonight. Be strong. Be of a good courage. And know this. When you love God with all of your heart. He will never leave you. And he will never forsake you. He will uphold you with his righteous right hand. And he'll lead you and guide you beside those still waters. He'll restore your soul. And that goodness that we sang about, it's going to be running after you. It's going to be running after you. The plans that God has for you, Psalm 40 says, that they are more than we can count. If you'll just trust him and love him and serve him, your life is going to be full of joy and blessing and victory. Oh, and if your heart isn't fully his tonight, I quote from Joel chapter 2, verse 12. 
yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all of your heart. That's all that God is asking from you guys tonight is to come to him with all your heart and say, Abba, Father, I need you. God, my heart is yours. Everything I am is yours, Lord. I want to love you with everything inside of me. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. God's arms are open. He is ready and he is excited about leading you into your promised land. Be strong. Be of a good courage, young people. And do great things for God. <laughs> Love him with all of your heart. That's all that he's asking for. How about we all stand real quick? I, I hope this was not too deep or depressing. But I'm telling you, God is going to use you guys. Love him. Love him with all your heart. You're going to do awesome things from God. I look at you guys, and I see just a, such a great class of graduates. So talented, so anointed. Just give God all of your heart. And he's going to take you to places you never dreamed you would go. At this time, I would like... Um, Pastor Hughes, Brother Landon, our, our youth ministry team, and our parents to come up real quick. And we're going to pray for our graduates real, real quick and, and just ask God to, to move upon them and, and to be with them from tonight. This really is a very serious time. But God has his hand on these young people. And if we pray for them, we can't stop praying for them, church. We got to keep on praying for them. God is going to use them mightily. All right. Well, help me pray for these young people. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I love you, Lord God. Lord, we touch. Lord God, we ask that you touch Caitlin right now, Lord God. Move upon her right now. the name of the Lord. Give him praise, church, and let's thank the Lord for what he's doing with our young people. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. God's blessings and his goodness all of the days of our life. We want you to follow us, direct us, and lead us, Lord. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a powerful, powerful message that we have heard tonight for our graduates. You can be seated for a moment. I want the graduates to remain standing here. I'm going to give you a charge, and then we're going to give you a token of thanks for your hard work. Amen. I agree with Brother Ethan. This is probably the greatest group of young people we've had in a long, long time come through Greater Life Church. They're some of the most talented and gifted, and uh, they all have a great spirit. I hope they don't ever lose that. They don't ever lose contact with that. Thank you, Ethan, for wonderful, wonderful work to... If you were looking for something else, uh, you would have needed to go to another place. Uh, We're interested in their destiny. Amen. Amen. A doctor was traveling to find a patient in a small town, and he came to a fork in the road, a back road lane of the country, and the road signed pointed in both directions to get to town. Seeing a farmer standing beside the road, he asked him, does it matter which road I take to get to town? To which the farmer replied, not to me it doesn't. There are a lot of people in this world that where you go from here doesn't matter. But to these people that are in this building tonight, where you go from this liminal space in your life matters to us. We congratulate you on all that you've accomplished. You've proven your ability to persevere. We have come through one of the most difficult years in modern history. And you have been able to survive and thrive. And I commend you for that. We have watched you grow from not being sure of what you believe into young people with deep convictions. And I must say that I applaud you and your walk with God. You own your own faith tonight. Don't ever lose that. Don't ever let anybody talk you out of it. I remind you that in this room tonight are all of the ingredients that have helped you get where you are. Now just in case you don't know that, you didn't get here by yourself. I know you're smart, and I, I know you're gifted, but you got here because of this body of people that surround you. I want you to just turn around and look at your family and friends. This is what's helped you get where you are. Not only that, but your faith has helped you get where you are. Most importantly, you have a heavenly Father that is interested in your success Because he created you for a divine purpose. Don't ever let anybody talk you down from that. You were created for a reason. You've learned a lot of things in your classrooms like history and math and science. But you've also learned that you are more than your adversities. And you're better than your circumstances. And if any time you have proven that, you have proven that in this past year. Henry David Thoreau said that the majority of people live lives and lead lives of quiet desperation 
and go to their grave with their song still in them. I challenge you tonight, sing your song. One that God has crafted and given only to you. Whether you can sing on pitch or not, you have a message to convey to the world. I'm not an accident. I'm not here by accident. I have divine favor and I have the blessings of God upon my life. And I am going to live up to that. I challenge you. Don't let anything take your song. And don't let anything silence your voice. Proverbs 27, 19 said, As a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. I challenge you, as Brother Ethan has so ably done tonight, to guard your heart. Amen. Guard your heart. Keep it with all diligence. Be a reflector, not of the times, but of his light and the principles of righteousness that have been sown into you all of your life. Be a reflector of the qualities of godliness to a culture that knows nothing of that. Reflect the fruit of the Spirit to a world that's lost its way. And reflect the love of the Lord to everybody you see. Because they may be counting on that love. And so tonight, I come to charge you. I charge you to live up to your prophecy. Every one of you have prophecies that have gone over your life from parents to preachers. And I charge you, don't ever stoop to live any less than what you're living right now. Never stoop to anything less. I charge you to use your gifts and talents and your education to serve him and to serve others. Do not think that life owes you anything. It owes you nothing, but you owe life very much. I charge you to never sell yourself out for a quick, cheap gain when there's something better to be had for your life. Protect your integrity because once it is lost, it is hard to regain. And listen to me, young people. I'm looking at some of the most talented young people that I've ever met. But your talent can take you farther than your character can keep you. So if you're going to work on anything, work on that heart. Make sure that that heart stays clean and humble before the Lord and God will bless you. I charge you to not forget what you have been taught. Timothy was charged by Paul to not forget the commandments, to keep them. Because in keeping the commandments, the commandments will keep you. The best thing that you can do is serve the Lord. Because in serving Him, He will in turn come and bless you. The scripture says, if you honor God, God will honor you. The third charge that I leave you with tonight is be ready and prepared for whatever life presents you. Paul said this to Timothy. I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Now I know that most of you probably will not preach the word. But you are preachers of some kind. 
you are going to preach a truth that's been put in you by parents and grandparents and teachers and youth pastors. Don't ever let that message be silenced. You have a word to share with the world and the world needs to hear what you can contribute. I charge you to love people and serve people, not yourself. Love them enough to give them the best that you are because God has given you the best that he can. Rise up to the occasion and it doesn't matter what life presents to you. Always be that one that stands back up and declares, I will serve the Lord. If you will do those things, would you just say with me, I promise before God to keep this charge. Let's clap our hands to these young people and all that they're going to accomplish in their life. Amen. We have, every year we have Bibles that we have imprinted with their names on them. I know that their diploma is going to mean a lot to them, but what they're about to receive is going to make their diploma have purpose. Now, this is the beginning. The good part is about to happen. They have a reception for you in our family center, and I know that all of them would be delighted that you would take time to come and share in this special night. Thank you for being here tonight, and uh, we pray God's blessings upon you. One more time, as you stand with us, I want you to ask the Lord to keep what has been presented to them in their heart and that it will not soon be forgotten. Would you do that in dismissal? Father, thank you for the great word that we've heard tonight. Thank you for that promise that has been given to us that if we will give you our heart that you will give us the best things in life. I pray that you will bless, Lord, every graduate 
I pray that your touch will be upon them every day of their life. God, bless the families that have been here tonight to celebrate this occasion. We ask you to be with us, Lord, in the food and fellowship that we will partake of. And let your blessings linger long into the night. Lord, we ask it all in the wonderful name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You are dismissed in the name of the Lord.